welcome to the Warp Podcast. My name's David Tiltman, and those of you who've been listening to the Warp Podcast for a while will have noticed the jaunty French music is back, and that can mean only one thing. Yes, it is time for Cannes again. We've got a huge amount coming up uh, around Cannes at Warp, including a daily podcast, uh, and if we get it right, a vodcast, uh, from the Palais every day next week. Um, but we're going to use this podcast as a little bit of a sneak preview. Um, Walk and Lines have joined forces to run what is called the Creative Impact Track at Cannes. This is a new thing. We are doubling down on creative effectiveness. Now, later in this podcast, I'll be asking some of the Walk team for their top tips on the Cannes agenda and giving you a little bit of hint of what's to come. But what I want to do first is actually look at creative effectiveness as a topic and why this is such an important topic right now. And joining me to discuss this are Jenny Middleton, who is SVP content and editor-in-chief at Lions. Uh, Lions is a sister company of Walk, as I'm sure many of you know, and Jenny and I have worked very closely in developing the Creative Impact track. And Jenny is joined uh, by someone who knows his way around creative effectiveness, and that is Jamie Pete, Global Head of Retail and Effectiveness for McCann World Group. Uh, now, Jenny, I'm going to start with you, and let's start with the Creative Impact track itself. So what's the background here? Why have Walk and Lines decided to really turn up the volume on creative effectiveness? Well, we always know that creative effectiveness has been really important for our audience. You know, our audience is made up of creatives and brand CMOs and analysts and planners. And we've got a diverse range of people who want to find out not just what work is winning, but also why it's winning and the impact it's having after after the win at the Lions. So we've always covered creative effectiveness. And in fact, it's one of our most popular themes. It's one of the ones that our audience tells us in the post-festival survey that it's really valuable and that they want to hear more of. So when you look at that, and then you also look at the state of creativity survey, which indicated that people were really under pressure to prove the value of the creative work they were doing, then you can see why this year we really wanted to kind of do more and make that really explicit, that link between creative work, really brilliant, award-winning, smart creative work, and the business problems that it solves and the business impact and results that it has. So that's why we've we've come together with Walk and we're delivering this creative impact track, which I'm really excited about. I, and that's uh, the, the point you just made about the survey is an important one, isn't it? Because this, is, this isn't just a sort of ongoing theme. It's, it's responding to a, a sort of time and a situation where you know, in, in some organisations, investment in creativity or creative brand building could be under threat. Yeah, absolutely. So when we look at the research that we do after the festival, so after the festival last year, we talked to a number of people and the insight that they were sharing with us was, you know, look, we, we really want to know how this how this works. And that wasn't just marketers, by the way, that wasn't just CMOs telling us that. We were also getting that and hearing that from, from agencies. And across the, the breadth of our market, we were hearing from people that they want to see great work, of course, and they also want to see how that work delivers and and you know what the implications were in terms of being able to articulate 
that creativity was delivering business results. So they really wanted toolkits, they wanted insight, they wanted advice, they wanted great research, which obviously Walker bringing to the festival this year, that shows this is why this work is delivering and this is why it's going to deliver business growth. So we've always done creative effectiveness. Of course, we have the creative effectiveness lion where we, you know, we demonstrate in the criteria that, you know, the impact and results that that, that work has had. But we're really kind of shining a light and kind of, I guess, making it much more explicit this year in order to meet that need of those sort of that pressure, really, that we see that 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 marketers, that brands, that creatives are under to really be able to articulate the business case for creativity. Well, if you haven't done so already, do look at the lineup for creative impact because, uh, well, I know I would say this, but it's uh, it's a it's a pretty stellar lineup of of research and new thinking and great examples, and I, I think we even have the first ever CFO on the stage at Cannes. But we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, Jamie, I want to come to you because uh, obviously you know your role is around effectiveness and joining the dots between creativity and effectiveness. Uh, obviously background as a strategist um when you're coming to can what particularly this year what what are you trying to get out of it what do you what do you want to see us deliver the idea of creativity and and effectiveness coming together is something that is really really interesting to me i mean i think it's very i think it's very interesting that your that the the walk track is called impact i think impact is a really really good way to think about creative effectiveness you know the impact that that is having with customers the impact that it's having with sales the impact that it's having socially the impact it's having in the world the impact it's having on people this is a really really good way to think about it and there's been so much uh, interesting work done in the last few years about how that impact to, you know how that impact happens how does it come to how, how is it manifest if you like and um I, I'm, I'm really, really interested in seeing the, the linkage, as you say, David, between creativity and impact. I see them as kind of yin and yang. They, they are the same side of, or two different sides, I should say, of the same thing. You know, creativity is the magic that delivers the impact that we want. And then from that magic, we, we look at the impact or effectiveness, and that gives us lots of logic that then can feed into delivering better, uh, more interesting, consistent, creative afterwards. So it becomes a kind of virtuous circle. And of course, there's lots of work being done around around all the things that are, are driving that, the work around attention, the work around emotional resonance, all the work around uh, memory structure and how memory structures build, how they decay, um, all of this stuff. And, and there's, I know there's lots of stuff um, that's going to be in the, the walk track this year, which covers many of these things. And I think it's, it's really, really important stuff for creatives, for strategists, for marketeers to look at, because it will ultimately make them uh, better at the jobs that they're doing. There's a couple of things I'll just pick up on there, Jamie. I mean, one is the, the the reason we chose the word impact rather than effectiveness. Uh, and it's not just because effectiveness is a four-syllable words and four-syllable words are quite boring. Um, we really wanted this track to be something that would bust effectiveness out of its niche almost you know it's it's very easy to see effectiveness as sort of the the nerdy little thing over here while everyone gets else gets on with the with the fun stuff um but 
to to your point and to Jenny's point, it's so fundamental to what we're trying to do that actually could we could we talk about it in a slightly different way where we're broadening the conversation and broadening hopefully broadening the appeal to uh, 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 to a to a sort of broader audience. Um, the second thing I, that I just want to touch on is that idea that these two I, these are two ideas that seem to have become divorced, and you talk about them as sort of yin and yang. But why do you think that is? Why as an industry have we ended up talking about creativity as something that's almost a different conversation to effectiveness? Well, I think I think first of all, as an industry, we're quite good at divorcing things, aren't we? So if, if you, I, I've been in this industry many, many years. I remember when creative agencies and media agencies were very together. So there really was great sort of, you know, synergy between the two. And then, of course, we went through a whole period of pulling them apart for all sorts of reasons, not least of which are commercial. Um, but now, of course, we're seeing everything coming back together. So when we talk of integration, when we talk of sort of, you know, the agility that comes from having omni-channel uh, work and creativity as part of that, that's all come back together again. So um, I think we, we do have a bit of a tendency to do this kind of thing. I think what's happened perhaps with creativity and um, effectiveness is creativity, of course, is, is so important because it is by far the biggest multiplying effect that you can have. So everything else that you do, be that great media planning, be it channel selection, be it the, the money that you invest and all the rest of it, nothing nothing will deliver a bigger multiplication of um, of impact and of outcome than uh, than creativity will. But as you say, David, unfortunately, what's happened, I think, is that effectiveness has has suffered from two things. One is for sure the nerdy thing. I will speak as a nerdy who does this kind of thing because. You know, a huge part of it is concerned with measurement, is concerned with data, is concerned with building a, a chain of evidence that will lead you from whatever it is that you did to the ultimate effect that you want, be that a commercial one or a social one or, or, or whatever that might be. So that that in itself has created a particular sort of mindset around it. Um the second thing I think is the effectiveness has allowed itself to become a bit retrospective. So it's seemed to be the sort of thing you do after you've done whatever it is you were doing. It's a kind of, um, you know, it's looking over things afterwards. It's building a case. It's writing a bit like an experiment, you know, when you write things up afterwards. The opportunity going forward is to move it into a, a more future-facing, dynamic place where it becomes a living thing. It's part of the whole process. I kind of wonder whether it's partially a result of the creative agencies and the media agencies being sort of separated because the media agencies tend to be where a lot of the data is. They tend to look at particularly what I would call some of the harder data, so things like econometrics, uh, stuff around, you know, proper ROI, payback around work. Um, and so uh, as a result of that, maybe the creative agencies aren't always or haven't, uh, aren't as easily accessing that kind of data. And I think the opportunity is definitely to bring it back and to move it into this, as I say, in this more living thing. It's almost like you want to create um, 
a kind of living experiment, if you like, where everything's happening in real time and the virtuous circle happens. What you're learning about a particular piece of work or a campaign or a long-running brand idea, whatever it is, then informs the creative, which makes the creative better, and on you go, if you like. So I completely agree. I, I wrote a post a couple of months ago, and the point I was trying to make in it was I'm, I'm kind of sick of this question, does creativity work? Because like we know it works. There's so much evidence. Like it, It's just it, like everybody who ever looks at it concludes that it, uh, that it works. Uh, for me, the, the, the much more interesting question, and it's you, to your point about, okay, well, how do we make this forward-looking rather than retrospective, is, okay, given whatever it is we want to achieve, what type of creativity do we need? It's not, it's not about, oh, should we be creative or not? It's, well, okay, well, what, what, what levers do we need to pull? What, what emotions do we need to hit? Or what, uh, uh, how do we uh, you know, use our assets or whatever it might be? But for me, that's a much more interesting question, a much more fertile discussion than, than this sort of ongoing, does it work or doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, there's, there, there, is, there is so much evidence now. If you look at, uh, at neuroscience, you look at eye tracking, you look at econometric modelling, you look at uh, oh, everything that's happening around um, understanding how we respond to the stimulus of creativity – that it's almost to me that, that we've never had more evidence. It reminds me a little bit, you know, I always think, you know, you know, we talk about you know, we've never been more fat or more overweight, but yet we've got more diet products than ever before. We've never had more understanding of creativity and, and evidence that shows creativity works, yet we seem to be having more and more arguments about it. Um, I think it really does cut to the point that you say, David, which is the more interesting argument is what do we mean when we talk about creativity in the sense of what we do we're in the business of creativity uh, you know I, I like to say we're at the the show business end of business not the business end of show business so ultimately there's a business imperative to what we do and we happen to be in in the creative part of that business but when we talk about creativity all the evidence would suggest we are talking about things that are noticed liked and remembered so our number one thing is to be noticed in some way. It has to, we have to get attention. Then we have to supposed to be understood. And, and then the most important thing is to be liked and remembered. Are we creating positive emotional resonance? Because we know that that will lay down stronger memory over time. And that is the framework that we should be looking at creativity through. Now, there's, there's all sorts of interesting things that come up in this in this discussion isn't there you know how how do you balance the novel and innovative with the the consistent and recognizable how do those two things go together how do you create impact but create impact in such a way that it is positively received and lasts over time it isn't just something that is very um you know, very ephemeral, happens very quickly and then just decays away. The, the, these are very interesting arguments. And I think a festival such as Cannes, where you are seeing, you know, the best of the best of the best across a whole um, number of different tracks and a whole number of different contexts, it's a great place for us to have these kind of debates. There's so much food for thought around it all. So Jenny, um, obviously you and I and our teams have worked very hard putting the creative impact 
track together. We've 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 tried to address all sorts of different issues. What what for you are the the sort of issues around creative effectiveness that you you really want us to sort of zero in on and, and look at? Well, I think it's important to to cover exactly what you've just both been talking about, which is like what kind of work is effective, what kind of work, what kind of evidence can we bring that shows what's working. But I also think we do still have to make that case for for creativity. I, although I think all of us would agree on this call, like we really shouldn't have to. We absolutely know there's tons of evidence. You know, when we did our state of creativity survey earlier this year, we asked 2,400 kind of marketers, creatives, media owners, at various countries, 102 countries, and across the globe, universally, what they were saying to us was, you know, one of our biggest challenges is, you know, we just can't get investment, enough investment to do, you know, the things we want to do in terms of creativity. And I think there's a macro trend, isn't there, at the moment? There's a macro pressure, really, of, you know, global economic uncertainty, which has kind of underpinned that, because I think a lot of marketers are are having to kind of demonstrate this clear link between the work that they do and the impact it will have on their business results. And you mentioned earlier the CFO being joining joining us in Cannes and, and joining in on the conversation. And I think what we really need to do is to sort of prove that financial metrics and, and show the right financial metrics so that people can make that very eloquent connection. I mean, one of the things that's worrying, I think, that came out of our state of creativity survey is that 47% of respondents said that they felt this huge challenge to demonstrate that link between creativity and business growth. So that's nearly half the people that we asked saying, actually, I find it really hard and I find it a really big challenge. So we definitely need to, you know, in this track, we definitely need to look at, you know, demonstrating and giving them some hard evidence. And I think that there's a lot of research that we're going to bring to the table between us, David, um, that's going to help them prove that. But also those anecdotal comments from the people who will join us on stage to say, we did this and this is what it delivered for us. And I think people will be really interested in you know, in in hearing how, but also what. And if you look at all the research that we did that I mentioned earlier in advance of kind of putting this track together, the, the word, I mean, you mentioned this, Jamie, earlier, you were saying, you know, I'm really pleased that it's called impact. And that was a word that our audience were giving to us. They were saying, you know, it's not just about saying, oh, wow, that's really cool. It's about saying it's really cool. And it also has this impact on the business. And, you know, there, there is lots of data I can give you, but, you know, from that state of creativity survey, in particular, the thing that stands out for me is that 34% of brands told us that convincing their stakeholders to invest in creativity is their biggest internal challenge. I think there's a language issue here, and and um, that's why I'm so pleased. I don't mention the CFO when I, I'm pleased we've got the CFO on there, um, because uh, and it, if anyone's wondering, it's the CFO of Mastercard, so it, it's you know it, it's someone who is very financially literate. Um, and but I, I do think there's a there's a there's a language issue here. We we are very good at using terms in the industry like branding or brand building or brand or even creativity that you know CFO's eyes just sort of glaze over. And I think I think you're you're entirely right, Jenny. It's it, it's not just about proving that creativity works. It's actually having the language and the arguments that that use the right language to then go back to 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 those stakeholders and say uh actually you know what we're at what we're actually investing in is this and it will pay us back in these different ways um and i think that's it's a huge challenge you know we know it's a huge challenge but but what we're trying to do with this track is sort of 
give start giving people the the tools to 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 respond. Um, Jamie, uh, I can't I can't have you on the podcast without asking you about Aldi uh, now, and it's just a great example of of creative effectiveness. Um, now, for for people, particularly those outside the UK who don't know the uh, the Aldi campaign, Aldi is a discount supermarket. Um, it has developed a very successful series of. I think there's. Are they specifically Christmas campaigns, or do they run at run at other times? Yes, the, 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 the carrot, uh, Kevin. That, yeah, they're they're Christmas campaigns. Yes, yeah. so we're in about the eight. The eight this, the, we've had him for seven years, I think, this year. Uh, and yeah, you mentioned like it, the, the star of this is Kevin the carrot, which uh, like I mean, you know, of all the brand characters, it it it, it seems like an unlikely one, but I guess Geico has a gecko, so so why not why not a carrot? Um, so uh, this is a sort of animated carrot that that has a different ad each year. Now, let's be honest, uh, it's not the sort of ad that is gonna it's gonna pick up lots of creative awards but there is no doubt that the creativity at the heart of it has driven uh, a lot of the impact so from you you know you've been very close to this campaign over 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 that time what what have you learned working on that campaign uh that 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 tells you about how creativity works or how you've been able to make the case back into aldi's stakeholders to to keep investing in it kevin is a great example of um, not conflating outputs with outcomes. So the outcome that we wanted was, of course, better sales for Aldi at Christmas and Aldi's Christmas range. But what we ended up with and what we've had for the last seven years is not a very selly thing. Uh, it, you know, the, Kevin and Co. will talk a little. I'll talk a little bit about him in a minute. Is absolutely not really in that 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 vein. But what's interesting is. In the investment that we've had in Kevin the Carrot over the last seven years, the best performing ads that we ran this Christmas just gone were the activational ones. So we, we have a, a main launch film, and then we always have a series of shorter ads on various channels that are advertising all the things you buy at Christmas, you know, mince pies, Christmas pud, turkeys, in the UK, I should say. They actually perform better not only in activation, but in brand building, as uh, as the main ads do. And it, it, I always there's a great quote from the the great Jeremy Bullmore, sadly no longer with us, who says, you know, a good ad will sell now and forever. And I think it's a great example of how we've tied ourselves in a bit of a knot of short and long and brand and activation and performance marketing and brand building. Whereas actually, if we think about it in a bit more sensibly. We, we can escape all of that, really. Um, so, Kevin, so right from the, the get-go uh, in 2016, it became it was very popular, it was very famous. Almost as a slight afterthought, we ran some cuddly toys. They sold out straight away. And then Aldi did what I think is the smartest thing that I've seen the clients do for a long time. They didn't do what every other supermarket does at Christmas – go for a new idea. They said, well, let's bring the carrot back. Let's do it again. So in year two, we had Kevin. He met Katie. We did a sort of Polar Express thing. And he got the carrots. He got kids as well. And then on and on and on. So we had the the one with the, 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 the evil parsnip. We had the greatest showman. We had a journey home. We've had uh, a Christmas carrot. We've had home alone. 
And it's gone from success and success. And what we've learned through all of this are uh, there are some key things that we know help with creativity at Christmas. So firstly, consistency, that we've consistently invested in him. So he's become a distinctive asset, as we call it uh, these days. Um, it's described by, um, by Mountain View, the, the distinctive attic, uh, asset research people, as a, a Rembrandt in the attic, which I particularly like. You know, millions and millions of pounds in memories are encoded in that little carrot. So that is a really uh, a valuable thing. We've understood the, the importance of the same objectives. So our objective at Christmas is quite simple. Be the most famous advertiser. Make Aldi the most famous, the most liked supermarket at Christmas. And then really the power of consistent storytelling and understanding what we really mean by that in the context of advertising. So we, 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 we have, we've sort of thought about Christmas, and, and Christmas is a time when we want a twist on the familiar. We want lots of things that we are, we recognize and we feel you, but we still want to feel like things have moved on. Things are a bit, you know, so the example I always give is, you know, you might have your Christmas dinner, you might do something different with the sprouts this year. You might, I don't know, cook them in orange juice or something, you know, and, and probably have an argument with one of your grandparents about what you've done. Probably have to do two lots or or something. I, I remember one year putting chili on the parsnips, which uh, caused great consternation to the whole family. Um, but so, so finding stories that, or finding things that you can then do a twist on the familiar is a really good thing because it allows... Um, the viewers to fill the gaps in, but you can play with it. You can have some fun. You can surprise them. You can put little jokes and little puns and, and things in there. Think about all the Christmas specials that we all, you know, like to watch. They play with this a lot. So that 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 works that works extremely well. And and of course building up a number of characters who can tell the story within all of that works very well. And then the final thing I would say on all of this is obviously music uh, is, is very important, but the whole craft, crafting something that looks absolutely great, taking time to get those little details right. Um, you know, these are things that people really do pick up in, in, in advertising and particularly at Christmas where it's become almost like an event piece of advertising. It's very important. Um, final thing I should say on this is that what Kevin has also allowed us to do is use him across channels. So uh, again, in the in the modern parlance, we we all call Kevin, don't we? I think it was cut term called by Orlando Wood, wasn't it? Um, a fluent device, something that easily comes to mind, is easily attributable to Aldi. So you can use him in social, you can use him in digital, you can use him in store, you can use him. On, we've even had him on um, Cameo doing messages to people. So you can do all, all sorts of stuff with him, really. I love that point about craft and the importance of craft because I think that that as a concept is, is often lost in the effectiveness conversation. You know, we think about the creative idea, but actually, it's the execution and the craft that is is so important. And of course, that is one thing that that does very much get celebrated at Cannes. Um, now, look, we're nearly out of time uh, on this one, but what I'd like to do is just ask you both for your top tips the things that you are looking out for in can next week so jenny i'm going to start with you obviously you're, you're across absolutely everything but what, what are you really looking forward to well there's so much as you say there's a lot there's a lot to, to pack in so it's um it, it's a big ask for you to ask me for my top tips but i'm going to stick to just the creative impact track because that's what you've asked me uh, to look at and actually i'm not going to tell you what i'm looking forward to i'm going to tell you what our customers are saying they're looking forward to so there's the series of course um that you're um heavily involved with um 
bringing a magic formula to David, which is the Creative Impact Unpacked uh, series. Um, one of your team, obviously, talking to Cadbury's um, and about their joy campaign. And I think the the session that a lot of our audience are telling us they're interested in is the McDonald's and Biden and Kennedy, um, which is looking at you know, that, uh, you know, that kind of culture of effectiveness and how you build that. So one of the things we talk about a lot at Lions um, to our customers is you've got to get these conditions for creative success. You've got to get the right building blocks, the right foundations in place. And I think McDonald's will be, um, you know, really unpicking that in their session, which will be interesting. And then we've talked a lot on this call about the, you know, the importance of being able to convince your stakeholders, convince your CFO, your CEO, your C-suite. So there's a couple of sessions that I think would be really useful for anyone who's in that 47% of people that I talked about earlier, um, who feel like they, they they need to make the case, they need to make the link between creativity and effectiveness. Um, one of them is the one that you've been referring to throughout, David, which is uh, the MasterCard session, where we'll see the CMO and the CFO of MasterCard come together um, in order to talk about the importance of their relationship, the importance of the language, the business language that you were referring to, David, in, in making the case for what they need and in making sure they understand what the investment's for and what it's going to deliver. And the other one is a session from PwC, which is promising to deliver a toolkit of financial metrics, which will really convince your CFO. So to make a really compelling argument. Thank you, Jenny. Um, I know you're also looking to the, forward to the Louis Theroux session, but uh, thank you for uh, uh, sticking, <laughs> I with am. The, sticking with the creative impact ones. And just on that culture one, that's the, I'm looking forward to that session too. Um, not just because it's McDonald's and Wyden, but uh, also because um, that will also mark the launch of a, a new new walk white paper around the co- building a culture, creative effectiveness, which. Uh, as as people who listen to this podcast regularly will know, is something I keep banging on about as being a really mi- missing link uh, in the effectiveness conversation. Um, Jamie, what about you? What, what what's caught your eye this year? Well, well, certainly again, I, I won't I won't go over it. But all, 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 so much of the stuff in the in the walk effectiveness track is fantastic. Uh, all the things that Jenny's mentioned, I'll, I'll also call out Orlando Wood, Karen Nelson Field. Definitely worth going to listen to. Also, I'm a great advocate of any listening to either marketeers themselves or the agencies talk about work, talk about how they got to what they got to. I think it is incredibly instructive. We, 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 you know, we are we are a craft industry. We we are craft. We make stuff in some ways, and rather than hearing things in abstract, to actually hear about what people went through and how they got there, that's really interesting. Everything always seems so easy in retrospect, doesn't it? And we all know when you're stood at, on the cliff edge thinking, which way do I go next? It's not so straightforward, is it? So I always, I, I like those stories. I think that's really good. Um, I'm a great, I'm a great, I mean, there is so much good stuff at Cannes. I'm a great believer in just, you know, looking at the work, finding way to wander around the palais, just absorb as much of the work that you can, I think is great. I love the debrief sessions when uh, you hear, What's gone on in the jury room, either from 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 this year or from previous years, when when work is referred to? I, um, last year, I remember listening to a great um, 
there was people from LinkedIn and uh, the big issue talking about some work they'd done fant- uh, where they'd linked up together during the pandemic. It was a great piece of work. Uh, I just had to a little session I just sort of stumbled over and sat down and listened and it was great. I think that that to me is a good thing about Can Have some things on your agenda, but be open to a bit of serendipity because I think that's always a, a lovely thing as well. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you, Jenny. Uh, Lots to discuss. Lots to look forward to next week. And I will see you both there. Thank you. Thank you, David. So in the rest of this podcast, what I want to do is give you a few sneak previews of some of the treats in store next week as part of the creative impact track um i'm joined by three of my colleagues no strangers to the walk podcast we have lena Rowland, we have alex brownsell and we're going to start with amy rogers who is head of content for our walk creative service very much continuing that conversation we've just had about creative effectiveness amy what are you looking forward to next week yeah, hi. So this this will be my first Can Lions. So I'm looking forward to all of it, to be honest. But um, the first one with a creative effectiveness um, lens on is um, a session from Creative X. It's titled A Masterclass in Creative Quality. Um, creative X have a, have a suite of tools that allow you to measure and optimize the creative quality of your content and assets. Um, and its founder and CEO, Anastasia Leng, is going to be on stage at Can on the Wednesday talking about the foundational role that creative quality plays in driving creative impact. Um, The reason I'm highlighting this one as an important session to attend is the measurement aspects. So we know that creativity drives effectiveness, but creativity is obviously subjective in its nature and therefore quite hard to measure. Um, But this session will look at how you can measure creative's impact on, on media performance specifically. So, you know, that's important too. Creative and media can often sit in silos and we need to relink the two. Um, they've recently done a couple of studies um, into media wastage that can occur when creative best practices aren't adopted at scale. Um, so on how applying creative quality can have positive um, impacts on, on media efficiency. So a really practical session uh, should give you a lot of tips on how you can apply these um, things to your own creative assets or things to think about with your creative agencies. So yeah, as you say, really interesting that they're linking creative quality and uh, media efficiency because that that that's a really interesting link. And uh, I think again, something we don't we don't talk about a lot, but um, but could be a really interesting way of making the case for creativity. Um, uh, anything else on this session? Um, well, we've got a soundbite from Anastasia um, to kind of intro the session and whet your appetite a bit further. So why don't we listen to that now? Over the last five years, we've already 10x the amount of content we produce, thanks to the rise in the fragmentation of digital and the increase in personalization. And we're going to look at that time to really understand what are the mistakes we've made during these last few years, and how can we avoid those as generative AI comes into full bloom and takes the speed of content production to a whole new level. Specifically, we'll focus on the rise of low-quality ads, ads that simply don't meet the minimum bar for success to cut through in the environment that they're intended for. We'll show some research about how much money we as an industry are losing to ads that simply don't stand a chance of success, and talk about the opportunity cost of a low-quality ad on metrics like brand or sales. 
Lastly, we'll end somewhere really practically, talking about five scalable and actionable principles of a high-quality ad, which hopefully will give a frame that sets the foundation for creative excellence and gives you or your AI a canvas in which you can put your great ideas to work. Okay, anything else we should be looking out for? Yeah, another one I've mentioned is a session from General Mills uh, featuring Scott Galloway. Um, Scott Galloway, for those who aren't familiar with him, um, is a bit of a legend in the marketing world. He's a professor of marketing at NYU Stern's School of Business. Um, and he's an entrepreneur. He's founded nine companies. Um, he's a best-selling author and podcast host. Um, so he's pretty accomplished and he also gives great presentations. So this isn't one to miss. Um, he'll be joined by two General Mills execs, uh, Doug Martin, who's Chief Brand and Disruptive Growth Officer, and Melissa Wildermuth, who's their Global Creative Director. Um, and they'll be talking about the journey of creative risk taking, particularly in um, you know big legacy CPG companies where infusing that culture of creativity for long term brand building can be a bit more difficult. And what I thought was interesting about it, the session blurb also uses the word sacrifice. So in terms of the sacrifices that you need to make to turn young brands into billion dollar brands. Um, so an interesting perspective It's not what you give, but also what you sacrifice for creatively led growth. Yeah, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with uh, Scott Galloway. I guess what's interesting is he can be very down on marketing as an industry, uh, even though uh, that's where he's, you know, made his fortune. Um, he can be very down on marketing as an industry, and he he. he uh, so I'm going to be quite intrigued to see what he what he says in front of a room full of marketers. So anyway, thank you. One to watch. Let's go next to uh, Alex Brownsell, who is head of content for uh, our Walk Media and Digital Commerce Services. Alex, what are, what are you looking out for? What can we expect to hear next week? Hi, David. Uh, well, there's, there's going to be quite a lot uh, in and around the topic of media in particular, as I'm sure you can imagine. And, and one of the sessions that's really caught my eye uh, is called, intriguingly, the Triple Opportunity of attention. Now this is going to build on a session that we hosted last year at Canline. It's going to be this this session will be taking place on on Wednesday at 3:30 on the forum stage. Uh, we have a a preview from one of the hosts, Professor Karen Nelson Field, the founder and CEO of Amplified Intelligence on on why this is so important. Last year at Can, Peter Field, Orlando Wood and I addressed three significant challenges currently faced by marketers and we called it triple jeopardy. One was about the perils of performance marketing. One was about excessive emphasis on low attention media and the implications of this. And lastly, Orlando talked about the overprioritization of creative styles that favor short, not long-term brand growth. We've learned so much about how to work around these three threats. So this year, in association with Rob Breton, the Advertising Council of Australia, and a sprinkle of some EFIS data, some of our attention data and some system one creative coding, we actually come bearing good news and we're calling it the triple opportunity. Hope to see you there. Uh, yeah, definitely one not to miss. Um, anything else you're looking out for? Uh, on Friday, we're going to be hosting, well, it'll be the final of our Creative Impact Unpacked sessions. And, and this is, again, not one to be missed. This is on building brands for a new economy. Um over the last 12, 18 months at Walk, one of the things we've focused on is, is the continued importance and role of brand building in an economy increasingly dominated by digital platforms and e-commerce. So we've got a couple of things to share here. We'll have new research from Walk, Perpetua and, and Tracksuit that asks whether strong brands have an advantage 
on digital marketplaces, and that will be presented by James Herman, a renowned effectiveness researcher, founder of Previously Unavailable, along with our very own uh, Amin Marini. And we're also going to have an exclusive perspective on this debate from Nancy King, the VP Marketing at Airbnb. And this is, you know, one of the biggest digital first companies, which has very famously turned away from performance channels in favor of brand building. So definitely not one to be missed. And just we can't leave the media topic without just noting the number of uh tech brands turned media platforms that are in that are in can this year and i was reading about how apple has got such a huge presence amazon are back there in force uh it it, it does feel like everybody wants to be a media owner at the moment yeah very much so I, um, amazon is is going to be expanding its presence um with, with its venue on on the port there um in in can and I think retail media is, is another important facet in, in all of this. So, for instance, we're going to have a, a session in the Creative Impact program from Walmart talking about its rapidly expanding retail media offering. And, and this is kind of starting to, to, to change the, the, some of the, the ad tech companies that we've maybe traditionally seen on up and down the Quasette and in, in, in the yachts. Um, we're seeing some, some new companies like Apple and Amazon really starting to stamp their mark. Great. Thank you, Alex. Okay, let's go to Lena Rowland, who is head of content for our Walk Strategy Service. Lena, what are you looking out for? Hi, David. Um, very excited about this year's agenda. Lots to look forward to. Um, all right. So the first session I want to highlight is our annual future of strategy debate. And this year we're asking, is popular culture dead? And if it is, how can marketers respond? Now, we know that the media landscape has changed. There's fewer mass mo- mass reach moments in the marketing world. Obviously, Super Bowl and the Christmas ads in the UK are, are still, still really relevant, but these are becoming fewer and fewer. We know that popular culture, it's evolving and, and lots of popular culture is taking place in all these dis- different disparate and niche communities and and. and Culture is bubbling up in these these areas that oftentimes they're actually in ad-free spaces. And this presents real challenges and, of course, opportunities for brands. So there's a few questions that emerge here in this fragmented culture. How do brands become or stay mass? Is mass marketing even a realistic goal in, in 2023 and beyond? And how do brands genuinely participate in culture? Now, to help us unpack all of this, I'm delighted that we're going to be joined by two experts, Dr. Marcus Collins, Professor of Marketing at the University of Michigan and author of a recent book called For the Culture. Marcus is also former head of strategy at Wyden and Kennedy. We'll also be joined by Ellie Bamford, Chief Strategy Officer at Wonderman Thompson and former Global Head of Media and Connections at RGA. So Marcus will help us understand the transformation in popular culture and Ellie will provide practical advice on how marketers should build creative and media strategies to succeed in today's landscape. Thank you, Lena. Uh, there's a lot of strategy content. Um, are there a couple of other quick things you put pick out? Yeah, there's a lot. It's brilliant. Um, look, I have to mention and highlight a presentation from three effectiveness experts and longstanding friends of Walk. So that's uh, Les Burnett. He's group head of effectiveness at Adam and Eve DDB. Dr. Grace Kite. She's an economist and founder of Magic Numbers. And Tom Roach, VP of Brand Strategy at Jellyfish. 
Now, these three guys, they're asking, um, they're presenting a talk about the third age of effectiveness. And essentially, um, the message here is that, look, the industry is is moving from uh, one where there's been a over focus on misleading analytics to a time where uh, there's going to be better evaluation and measurement. Um, and Dr. Grace Kite, she's going to dig into the ARC database. So ARC stands for Advertising Research Community. And she's going to show how this is, um, we're at a time of better decision making and improved effectiveness. And Tom is going to look at um, brand building, particularly creativity within platforms. Thanks, Lena. And there's a couple of sessions I'm personally looking forward to. So um, the the sort of strategist JP Caslin and James Hankins they presented for us last year on the gravity of e-commerce. They're back with a look at how the current economic situation um, is 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 really going to force marketers back onto the four P. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and then another one, if only for the title, is the talk by Rob Campbell, uh, Martin Weigel, and Paula Bloodworth, uh, which is actually a follow-up to a talk uh, uh, about why strategy needs more chaos. Uh, back in 2019, um, they're back, and this title, uh, this this talk is titled uh, "Strategy is Constipated, Imagination." is the laxative which is a lovely sort of visual image to, to finish the podcast but uh, what's what's uh do, do you know what this one's about lena yeah yeah no look it's a great title and it's um so look uh, rob paula and martin they're arguing that there is a crisis of imagination and that strategy is well yeah it's stuck uh and to make it exciting again there needs to be more independent thinking and more imagination um, and because imagination it involves knowing what's bubbling up in culture so um this this you know when this is applied uh, it leads to more exciting and what they're calling ridiculous leaps so you know yes of course process and logic have their place but they should not come at the cost of of stifling imagination Thank you, Lena, and thank you, Alex and Amy. Well, look, there is a lot more to look forward to next week. Walk will be running a daily podcast and vodcast from the Palais, giving you all the latest from the Creative Impact track. If you're going to be in Cannes, if you want to know more, visit our uh, Cannes hub, which is walk.com slash CanLines2023. It's uh, linked to from the walk.com homepage uh, and you'll get all the details there all the sessions we've talked about plus some other treats in store um we will be back on monday with the first of those creative impact themed podcasts make sure you don't miss out by following us on your favorite platform of choice until then thanks for listening <laughs>